Are we ready? Yeah, should we do should we do a one, two, three clap? <laughs> yes. Alright. One, two, three. <laughs> Hello! Hello. And uh, welcome to Midwestern Maidens Podcast. I'm Colleen. I'm Heather. And we're two sisters that just chat and drink and tell stories. So if you like tangents and diversions and random lots stories. Of, lots of diversions. Welcome. <laughs> Speaking of, I do have an update. Because um, I completely forgot that we we were going to touch back after our I have 30 teeth dental yeah. diversion. Um, oh, could we ask what was the point of wisdom teeth? Yes, and okay. I found out. Um, yes. So, <laughs> Cody says there literally isn't any. Oh, good. She's my dental hygienist, or, or like my friend that's a dental hygienist. And then <laughs> Sturp says, I love it when just licking the salt off of your glass. I'm sorry, I'll explain when we get to what's in, what's in your cup. <laughs> and then Sturp said, uh, basically what we were thinking. Wisdom teeth were once more useful when we had to eat tough foods that were not um, as well cooked. They didn't had, have good knives, so we needed more chewing force. Um, they're commonly called your third molars. And uh, we used to have more space in our jaw, so they had room for wisdom teeth, and now most humans do not have room for wisdom teeth in their mouth. But basically, she said, basically it's an older evolutionary characteristic, like the appendix. It's not really necessary anymore. Time out. So are we evolving as humans, so like 500 years from now, our jaws will be even I hope we just are gumming everything in 500 years. <laughs> okay. Like the zombie apocalypse, take me out if we get to that point. Yeah. Please. No, not at all. <laughs> just gumming everything. I can't. I can't. Oh my gosh. Okay. What's in your cup tonight? Today, I am drinking a rosé. Ooh, fancy. I also don't know how to say this one today. It's uh, from Aldi. It's, Love it. Just I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Me, me saying Muscadette last week. <laughs> like a hill jack. Côte de Provence. Um, it's the Exquisite Collection. Look at you, girl. It's Apparently it's from France. Obviously by this... Uh, words I don't know how to say but Love yeah it. it's good it's a nice little dry rosé yum what's in your cup today I am drinking a margarita because that's all I had um but the reason I'm licking my glass like a freaking psychopath I did a hot honey and tahine rim oh yum which is like the most perfect like amount of spice it's spicy, but I can still talk through it, so. Yeah. I love, love that. that. I love yeah. a margarita when you're just like, <laughs> yeah, just like licking the all the like goodies a... off the rim. Yeah. Also, I'm slightly nervous because I pre-gamed with one margarita after, okay, so the kids had first day of school today, it went well, fantastic. It was also the first day of soccer practice. So today has been chaotic. I had a margarita. I had grilled dinner tonight. Yes. Had some olives, had a margarita, and then I was like, if I'm having another margarita while we film, I need to eat something else. Mm-hmm. But did some cottage cheese, because apparently I'm in my, like, 96-year-old grandma era. <laughs> but then I was like, does cottage cheese, like, the dairy, does that mix with margarita and tequila? So I just had some cheese it So it's like a legit girl dinner. So I, I love it. Living for it. My girl dinner so far, while I've been editing this last episode, is uh, the rosé. I have had about one glass so far. And yeah. almond M&M's. <laughs> love just that. 
a handful of almond M&Ms. I've not made dinner yet, but I had a late lunch, so we're good. The more I hear about girl dinner, the more I just realize that, like, once you're in a serious relationship, girl dinner is no more, and that makes me so sad. Yes, because all of a sudden it's like, babe, what are we having for dinner? What are we eating? What do you want to eat? And I've seen so many people say, like, the reason girls don't ever know what they want to eat is because we don't make full meals. We scavenge through the little the pantry eating like yes. a couple peanuts here, a slice of salami here. A dry tortilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Just a slice of American cheese, throw that plastic off. <laughs> oh my gosh. I also read this insane fact. And I'm going to preface this by saying I love my husband to death. Love him to death. Had I known this fact going into marriage, Oh, I would have had more of an issue with the patriarchy than I do now in my 30s. When a woman gets married, listen to this bullshit, on average, she gains seven hours of work a day. You know what the men get? Seven hours of free time? No, well, in a perfect world. They lose an hour of work a day. What? Is that not some bullshit? Ew. Ew. But, like, you think girl dinner, we didn't have any extra work with that. Like, you said, you just scavenge your pantry. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, go out dinner. On I, to the next thing. I saw one TikTok. I, I don't know if I sent it to you. I might have. But it was just um, <laughs> this girl with the girl dinner audio on it. This girl just, like, dumping... Uh, seven different kinds of pickles on a plate. It'll be like whole pickles, pickle spears, pickle chips, <laughs> little <laughs> tiny gherkins, <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> Just like seven different kinds of pickles on the plate. And I'm like, honestly, this is my, this is my girl dinner. Yeah. Dream. Okay. Speaking of pickles, are you a fan of sweet pickles? No. Thank God. What about bread and butter? No. Not I've usually. Never even, I've never even had bread and butter, but if my pickle does not say dill on it or, like, spicy dill, I want nothing to do with it. Right. Like, to be honest, I, I think I was, like, 18 when I found out that there are other pickles than dill and, like, like sweet relish. That makes yeah. sense a little bit for like I think Dairy Queen we had sweet relish didn't we? I for think the hot so, dogs. I think so, but like, why not just dill relish? That's what you I want to know. But honestly, oh yeah, Chicago has like weird. They take their hot dogs very seriously, oh, yeah. more serious than. I think I've ever taken a hot dog in my life. Um, it's like a Chicago dog, right? Yeah. I Let me look it up so I don't get blasted, okay? I've lived here throughout the pandemic, so I've eaten, like, two Chicago hot dogs. So people from Chicago, don't get mad at me. Are they good? They are good. Um, I am just not a fan of the sport peppers on there because oh. they're, like, whole peppers. So you take a bite and you're not like getting like a bite of the pepper. It like takes the whole thing out. So it ah. has a poppy seed bun, all beef, hot dog. What else? Yellow mustard, chopped white onions, bright green, sweet pickle relish, a dill oh. pickle spear, um, okay. tomato slices, and a pickled sport pepper and celery salt. They are very good. But let me tell you, this, this relish, they're not kidding when they say it's neon green. They add blue dye to it to make it, like, toxic waste green. Um, it's very unnerving. <laughs> like, it's yeah. really weird to see. But I do have to say the hot dogs are delicious. But That sounds good. That'll be my next 
thing I get when I go to Chicago. Since last year, I tried deep dish pizza for the first time. Yeah. Um, maybe my late 30s will be discovering what a Chicago dog tastes like. Your hot dog era. It's my hot dog era. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my girl dinner hot dog pickle era. <laughs> kind of want a hot dog. I quoted it the other day, and my coworkers had no idea what I was talking about. And I don't know what we were making, but all I said was, Is that a mojito? And they were all like, What are you saying? <laughs> I was like, What? No, you don't know this video? <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a special group of us that have seen that video, appreciate that video, and have memorized that video. Yeah. I want to go back and watch it now. I don't remember what the creator's name was. I need to find it. No idea. We'll link it in the in the show notes when this goes yeah. live. Yeah. Because also I think another one was like, <laughs> do you want to split a cookie? Yeah. <laughs> that, and because like the person's like imitating girls, right? Yeah, he's like, wearing a wig. That, yeah. Yeah. And it's like one of my favorite parts, because I do this is he's like walking down the sidewalk and he stops and he goes, did I lock the front door? Yes. And then he just keeps on walking. That's me. And I have to do that every, like, did I turn off my curling iron? Did I lock the front door? Did I unplug the freaking toaster? That's me with my car every single day. Like, there will be times that I park my car. I'm running late to work, okay? I walk an entire block and panic and think, did I lock my car? And then I have to go all the way back just hitting my <laughs> my lock button until I hear my, my horn go off. The number of times I do that, I have to hit my yeah. horn like four times before I yeah. actually believe that I have locked my car. Yeah, is it OCD or am I just not used to re like remote car locks? I don't know, but yeah. I lock it minimum three times. Yeah. And then I can walk into my building at work. My poor neighbors, because I'll get home at like, you know, I work at a bar, so I get home maybe 12 o'clock, 11.30 at the earliest, like, kind of late. Sometimes it's like yeah. 1.30 in the morning, and you just hear me like, meep, 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 as I'm like walking my car. Ugh. Girl dinner, love it. Girl freaking dinner. I was singing that to Peachy the other day, like, Girl loudly. Dinner loudly and um because max i he was uh still out of town for a bachelor party so he wasn't home yet and i'm like scream singing this around the apartment and as soon as i look out my window right on the other side of my kitchen where i'm scream singing this my neighbor's out in the back with their dog and they can probably hear me screaming girl dinner <laughs> girl dinner whether it was a man or a woman, you know that they both were like, mm -hmm. I know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, girl dinner. Like, I can survive dinner-wise. <clears throat> this is like my new favorite obsession. I did it like early on in the pandemic. Pop a bag of popcorn and then I sprinkle some tea on it. It's like the perfect mix of like butter and spice and it's I can eat the whole damn bag like it's just one of those like I just tell myself the popcorn not that I count calories because I think that that's like bullshit anyways but I'm like it's popcorn it's literally corn that's been popped so therefore it's airy corn yeah I can eat this whole bag and like it's nothing oh I I I don't know if this is says more about me being childless but I eat the whole bag every single time. Yeah. Like if Max and I are watching a movie, he gets his own bag of popcorn yeah. most of the time because I don't want to share. Unless yeah. we're at the movies and we're getting a big bag of popcorn. Yeah. I'm not going to lie though. That was the best part of me seeing the Barbie movie by myself. First time ever. I literally got there, got myself a bottle of water, a medium popcorn, and cried during the Barbie movie and ate popcorn for breakfast. And it was perfect. <laughs> I mean, like, 
movie theater popcorn. I don't care how fake the butter is. We know it's not Fabio's. I can't believe it's not butter. Mm -hmm. We know it's not actual ingredients that we can pronounce. I do not care. That shit is like top shelf. Yeah. When it comes to like the food pyramid. Yeah. I think I regret not working at a movie theater as a teenager because I had friends that would literally leave work with entire trash bags, like 10, 15 gallon, even maybe even bigger, like bigger than your regular kitchen trash bags, full of popcorn at the end of the night because it's just going to get thrown away. Yeah, that's amazing. But, you know, I guess I can't really complain because I ate my weight in uh, chili dogs and soft serve ice cream at Dairy Queen. So I think we kind of won there. <laughs> yeah, that's still one of my favorite jobs. Oh, yeah. And I love that it wasn't like a chain Dairy Queen. It mm-hmm. was like an independently owned Dairy Queen. So for whatever reason, it was just even better. I had a dream the other day that Leanne was selling it. And I was looking to buy it. And when I tell you, I was in every inch of that Dairy Queen in my dream. And I still can picture it perfectly. I can still remember the smell of it. And I immediately went to work the next day and was talking to my friend Will. Because he used to work at a Dairy Queen growing up. But he worked at, like, one of the chains and yeah. so he and I are like, are we going to open a Dairy Queen someday? Because for me, that's like ultimate retirement. I want to yeah. do exactly what they did, close throughout the winter, have a house somewhere yeah. a little bit warm, you know. And But we both were talking. We were like, so what if we just like switch it up a little bit? And, you know, we make it like a diner style, but like with alcohol. So you can have like boozy slushies, boozy milkshakes. Yeah, and then he goes what if we make it like a drag bar so then it's like Dairy Queens and I'm like this is the best I'm copyright this is my verbal copyright okay nobody's allowed to steal this Will and I have this idea Heather you can get in on this if you want but is that not the best idea yes yes like and I'm like I was telling him the other day I'm like so similar to Burger King with the paper crowns or the paper like crowns that they have. What if we just have tiny little paper tiaras? Yes. I'm I'm obsessed. We have to make that happen. Like at I, some point. I don't see myself in food service for the rest of my life. But honestly, if yeah. I really buckled down and did that could be fun. Manager of food service, though. I was well, owner. 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 <laughs> but I was, <laughs> I was talking to one of my other friends that is really in a true crime podcast, and I, I don't know if I've ever told you my idea for this, but like, I like to start it off with like a women's only or like girls, gays, and theys true crime podcast bar, wine bar. soft cozy couches comfy chairs we can have some small little bar bites but then everything ends at like nine people can be home at a certain time like they can be in bed early um but we can be there and listen to the new episodes all together and i think the beautiful thing about this is like she's really big into um crime junkie and, you know, you and I are more into, like, MFM. I really like yeah. Buried Bones now. Like, that kind of side of it. And yeah. I think the wonderful thing about this is that all of these episodes come out on different days. And so you literally could hit every single episode. And then after that one goes live, hit some, like, reruns. But then during the commercial breaks turn the volume down, and all of us can just be discussing at the table. Yeah. Our theories on yeah. who did it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. And Chantel, Chantel has told me, like, but wait a second. I actually, like, I want to do this. And so now I'm like, am I going to own two two yeah. bars and restaurants someday? Yeah. 
like move over trivia night. What would it even be? We're 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 solving freaking crimes. Yeah, but we were even saying like, just we could even look into like cold cases and have like a bunch of people get together kind of pour over the details look into stuff because you know there's a bunch of like armchair detectives out there that i just i can't remember what show it was but there was one lady that solved a crime simply because she crossed state lines and was looking into another state's like um, oh. inventory of criminals or database because I think that was like an MSM episode yeah. I, I feel like I listened to the sequel. it was like Georgia, Tennessee something yeah. like that yeah. yeah you have all of these like armchair detectives that are so invested in this stuff that I just think especially like shit with little kids get so many eyes on it yeah. something has got to come from that you know Right, because if everybody thinks differently, they're going to pinpoint, like, oh, did you look at this? Did you? I mean, that's what they say, like, the internet groups are the ones that are, like, giving detectives, like, a fresh set of eyes. Oh, yeah. There. On, like, hey, did you check into this guy, you know, or yeah. whatever. I do see the other side of that coin, though, where the internet sleuths get so... Oh, yeah focused and they kind of find their way down a wormhole where like they can't let up about certain topic yeah. or like certain um conspiracies that they have about the crimes but yeah honestly though i'm like comfy chairs good wine good cocktails some yeah, little like we could do like chips and dip you know chili yeah. like we talked about last time and the dip has to be the sour cream with the ranch powder. Ugh, if I'm being honest. That or have, girl, have, yes. I'm totally about this. With just, like, basic carrots, cucumbers, celery. And um, glaze. Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever tried um, cheddar and sour cream ruffles and French onion dip together? No, but I've done cheese Doritos, like the nacho Doritos with French onion, and I'm getting, like, I'm betting it's, like, the same, like, the cheesy good. Yeah. Yeah. For There's... whatever reason, my gut can handle French onion dip, thank God. It can? I think it has something to do with, like, if the onions are dehydrated, they don't upset my stomach as much. Oh, Yeah. I guess I just totally lie. shared that as like you have to try this knowing that you don't eat onions. <laughs> oh. Like I eat, still try it. Eat the French onion dip. <laughs> just make sure you're close to a brick bathroom. <laughs> oh, that would be so fun. Like legit girl dinner with some true crime. Oh, that would be like a dream come true. Like Yeah. Do you could have like like a mix and match Make, create your own girl dinner with like different options and you can pick from all the different things like a charcuterie board yeah but dinner. but girl dinner <laughs> oh my god copyright 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 yeah i i love this <laughs> okay i'm afraid we will get off topic i love that we have been turned into true crime because are we ready to talk about what I what I researched? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna start this by saying I was on TikTok one day and I watched a TikTok where a lady was like, "I met this guy through like a prison penthouse website." Okay. We exchanged letters. We eventually moved to conversing over the phone. We had our first virtual, I guess, like, during, like, COVID, they weren't doing, which makes sense, in-person visits, so they were somehow doing, like, web conference-type visits. So then she said we finally had our first date. There was a piece of plexiglass in between us, and no shaming this woman at all. It's, this is your man this is your man. You know, I'm not one to judge who you love, what the circumstances are. 
it was absolutely fascinating to me because I, my brain immediately was like, this woman fell in love with somebody in prison. Yeah. Like she's moving closer to the prison. I she didn't really go into detail. I don't know. I don't remember her TikToking though. I should have written it down. I should have seen if there were any like updates or anything. But she's at least at the time of posting the video in a full blown relationship that started with a prison penthouse. So I googled it. So I was like very curious about this because. For anybody that's listening, I'm a real hoe for some sweaty books. <laughs> like, the more red flags that a male main character has in a book, the hotter I think he is. In real life, if Caleb had those red flags, I would have been like, yeah, this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. But a fictional man, hot as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I was really interested in this. There's a term called, and I'm probably not even saying this correctly, hybristophilia, and it's where somebody is turned on by someone who commits a violent crime. Oh. Yeah. Which was, I get, like, the whole bad boy thing, you know, but, like, this is, like, a whole other level. Like, somebody committing violent crime. You know what I mean? It reminds me of the ladies that were like in love with Ted Bundy. Okay. So I found this article. Let me get my source. Okay, it's by Dan Epstein. The 10 most infamous murderers who married while in prison. I'm not going over all 10. I just went over like the people that I knew either about the crime or like heard of their names or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, buckle up. Because we're getting ready to talk about some people who got Buffalo Lou. Don't you love when cats put their butthole like right up in your face? I'm not going to lie. I need to get him his own tiny little laptop. <laughs> so he can feel like he's part of things. I agree. Okay, so I got some of this information from Dr. Melissa Matuzak's paper called Hybristophilia White Paper. So in her paper, she says it's derived from the Greek word, I'm not even going to probably say this correctly, Hybristophilia. I should not have had two margaritas before trying to read these three words. (laughs) Hybridism, meaning to perpetuate an outrage against another. I also found another article by Dr. John Money from 1986. He's a sexologist. This is a more common phenomenon in females. Which I think kind of ties back to that whole, like, we do tend to find bad boys attractive yeah like whether they're the type of guy i'm feminist until the day i die (laughs) but if i'm reading a smutty book about a man that's possessive and fuck over a woman i can't get enough yeah why is that like i don't know if somebody was super controlling in real life i'd be like (laughs) get fucked like this isn't gonna work but in a book, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Get pissed off and say, that's my wife a hundred more times. Please. Hi, buddy. <laughs> he just wants to be. He's got his own opinion, too. He's got his angry tail because I have him here now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there are some differences across literature as far as, like, the definition diagnostic criteria, circumstantial details, or underlying motivation slash drive for someone to be diagnosed or have potential markers. So I guess it's one of those, like, it's not an official diagnosis. Everybody kind of has their own opinion about who could fall into this category of 
people or what turns them on. But it said, like, examples, females often, not often, but females were more likely to become involved in romantic relationships with incarcerated violent offenders at, or they are involved in a relationship where, like, as a couple, they do violent offenses. Which I think, like, we've heard some of those, like, my favorite murder stories where, like, guys into assaulting people and like somehow like the woman is into it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as a couple they're doing these like horrific things. Yeah. Ooh. Um so there's no official DSM five diagnosis, but in the DSM five and I should have been a psychology major because I just find all of this shit like extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. There is a DSM-5 diagnosis of paraphilia, which is any interest slash persistent sexual interest other than being interested in, like, genital stimulation. So I kind of feel like it's kind of there, but it's not really tying back to, like, that you're turned on by somebody who has done all of these horrific Yeah. It sounds like it's more... Like, that definition is just more broad of, like, right. not necessarily sexual-related things, but right. in other things that you might be interested in. Right. So the first person in this article, Susan Atkins, she also went by Baby Mae Slut, or Sexy Baby. <laughs> I immediately think of Mom and Dad's dog, which I have a hard time with Sexy Baby for that reason. <laughs> I think specifically because we called her Sadie Pants. Yeah, <laughs> like, Sadie Pants. Pants was her unofficial middle name. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sexy Sadie was part of the Manson family. Ooh. She was serving time for the Tate and LaBianca murders. While in prison, she married a quote-unquote self-described multi-millionaire. Which, like, self-described, I feel like, is a red flag. I could self-describe that I'm mentally stable. I was going to say, we both could self-describe that we're millionaires. Yeah. No proof to back it up. First off, you're in prison in, like, the, what? When did those murders happen? Like, the 70s? 70s, 80s, I think. There's no internet. First off, if you're a felon, I guess depending on the felony charge, you can't get online. So she couldn't even access the internet anyways because it wasn't even like there. Yeah. So she married this self-described multimillionaire named Donald Lee Leisure. And I would just like to say, legally, Leisure is spelled L-A-I-S-U-R-E. In 1981... He spelled his last name, and I'm going to give him some major props for this, L-A-I dollar sign U-R-E. <laughs> okay, Kesha. <laughs> yeah, so red flag number two. You're throwing a dollar sign in your name, and then you're self-describing yourself as a multimillionaire. So unfortunately, the marriage was annulled because, spoiler alert, he was not as wealthy And like how she found that out, I don't know. Maybe he made promises of hiring like some really well known attorney and it just never happened. Who knows? What I think is really interesting though, she married a Harvard Law student, which like those guys are like pretty smart. (laughs) Just a little bit smart. Just a little smart to get into Harvard, (laughs) let alone Harvard Law School. They were married until she died in 2009. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Murderer number two. His name is Charles Denton Watson, but his nickname was Tex Watson. He, too, was part of the Manson family. He was serving time for the Tate and LaBianca murders. He married a Christian Joan Bedge. I don't know if that's like their last name, in 1979. He fathered four of her children, 
thankfully before 1996, because in 1996, California banned conjugal visits for quote-unquote lifers. Oh. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting that, like, I guess I just thought conjugal visits were like a the guard's not looking, let's make it quick type of a thing. Yeah, I, to be honest, the only, like, time I've seen anything about a conjugal visit in, like, the media is, uh, I think it was during Desperate Housewives. Spoilers, I know it's been, like, 10, 20 years, but, like, Carlos and Gabby, because he was in jail for a little bit, and she would go visit him for conjugal visits. Yeah. And they'd have, like... A little bedroom and stuff, but I don't, yeah. it, it sounds weird. It sounds weird. I also feel like it would be hard to, like, get in the mood when you're in, like, an orange jumpsuit. Like, I'm sorry, but. I mean, maybe, maybe they, hurts. they're like, hey, give me those keys for those handcuffs. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's on me. Ooh. <laughs> now you're the prisoner. Wow. <laughs> I'm the prison guard. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> interesting kink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, we're not kink shaming anybody. To each their own. If you find people convicted of very serious crimes attractive, well, and they kind of made a comment in another article, there was a model like five-ish years ago, his mugshot was, and like, all, like, a lot of people were like, he's the hottest man you've ever seen. I'm not gonna lie, he's, he was sexy. Very attractive. And once he was released, I think he went on to do, like, modeling work. I'm pretty sure he might still be a model. I, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was very handsome. Right, and it's, like, this whole thing just, like, blows my mind. Like, I don't know. I talk to anybody that can, like, literally do the long-distance, closed-off relationship thing. Um, to actually, keep, like, read stuff about it in real life is nuts. You know um, what, though? You know they're not cheating on you. At least, exactly. you know, outside of the it's, jail. Maybe they're getting it in in the jail. That's none of my business, but hey, they're not out here on the streets running around on you. (laughs) Yeah, they're not going to fall in love with your best friend. Right. Unless they're on a prison pen pal list, too, but... Oh, my God. Imagine the drama. Could you... Okay. Okay. Could you imagine being one of the guards that gets to listen to all of their jail calls? I would eat that shit up. Like, I would volunteer and fight people for that to be my job duty that day. <laughs> just stand there, like, have your your own little phone. I just want to listen to the drama. Yeah. Of, like, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Tex and his wife divorced in 2003. Um, but, like, from 1979 to 2003, that's a long time to be in a marriage with somebody yeah. and not them. Ted Bundy. Next guy. Yeah. Speaking of good old Teddy. Um, what I have a hard time with is he confessed to 30 homicides. And women were still like, I date him. It's, it's gross because the, I don't even think that was all of his victims. I think that's right, just that's what he confessed to. That's just what he confessed to. And also yeah. like I don't know, just the things he did to the women, it just is, it's, again, I'm not kink shaming, I just don't understand it. Right, right. I do not see the appeal in Ted Bundy, I think, you know, you can look at him and say, is he a decent looking guy? Yeah, but is he also a monster? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So he married Carol Ann Boone in February 1980, and she listed him as her baby daddy on her daughter's birth certificate in 1982. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the other thing that I just like when I read stuff like that. I'm like, there is a woman a couple years older than I am walking around, and Ted Bundy is her dad. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really hard pill to follow. Yeah, that would be. When do you think she learned that? I mean, you would. If she applied for like a passport, her dad's name would have to be on the pa- like her birth certificate that she would need. Yeah. Perfect. The next guy, Richard Motherfucking Ramirez. No. Yes. And what I find, okay, first off, his nickname for anybody listening is the Night Stalker. What I find hard about Richard, maybe they didn't have conjugal visits because he got married. I'm sorry, I totally wanted to make a that's what she said joke. Yeah, what do you find hard about Richard, Heather? Yeah, he was in like, well, I think he was in Los Angeles, but I think he might have started like up in the Bay Area, if I'm remembering okay. correctly. But more, he got caught in like the LA area. Yeah. So one article from allthingsinteresting.com by Helena Braga, I think that's Braga Braga. So it was called How Richard Ramirez is finally brought an end to his murderous reign of terror. Oh, yeah. Because, not all my notes are falling all over the place, his survivors remembered his rotten teeth, which was due to a consumption of sugar and cocaine. <gasps> so, either Gross. eat all the candy, but don't do coke. Or do all the coke and don't eat candy. Just kidding. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. (laughs) But if you're going to, if you've got a sugar addiction and a coke addiction, don't kill anybody. Yeah. I just, I've heard like firsthand accounts of his survivors talking about how disgusting his teeth were and how bad his breath smelled. Like, oh. Yeah. Like the cops knew. Okay. So this guy has no dental hygiene. Yeah. Whatsoever. Um, so he was serving for, and this is another thing that I have a hard time that some women just like, oh my God, that's so hot. Serving for 13 murders, five attempted murders, and 11 sexual assaults. He married freelance magazine editor Doreen Leoy Moy in 1996, and she described him as kind funny, and charming. Ew. I feel like if your dental had, I mean, maybe he got good dental work in prison, I don't know. I can't imagine they had some very, like, one-on-one private time visits if he is also not described as, like, the teeth could have been brushed a little more. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah. The next one, Kenneth Bianchi, Bianchi, I think it's Bianchi, was the Hillside Strangler. He was arrested in 1979 for his role in the sex murders in L.A. He married a pen pal, Shirley Joyce Book, in 1989. I don't know if Kenneth knew this. She tried to woo Ted Bundy before settling for Kenneth. So, sorry, Kenneth. Bobby seconds in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, Teddy's taken. I'm going to move with the hillside strength. Oh my god. That's so bad. Um, the last guy that I wrote down, and there were some other people on this list that I was either like unfamiliar with or I was kind of like I knew of them, but I didn't want to like literally go through all on this list. Um, Angelo Buono Jr., who was cousin and partner to Kenneth Bianchi, he caught the eye of a Miss Christine Kazuka while she was in jail or prison 
visiting her husband slash baby daddy, who was next door cell neighbors to Angelo. Ooh. Yeah. And she was like, you know who's really cute, hon? Your freaking next door cell neighbor. Um, they married at Folsom Prison in wild that so many were allowed given the nature of their crimes and maybe i'm naive but i really thought conjugal visits were just like a term for people that got away with hooking up with whoever either either that or like you're under something small like yeah you know a misdemeanor or like not aggravated assault and murder and like that's just, I can't. That's crazy. Yeah, I would love to know who gets to make that decision on Ted Bundy confess to 30 homicides. They were all horrific. We'll let him shack up with his lovely bride. But Angelo, that's where we're drawing the line. 30 is so many, though. Like, what, yeah. the, what, the cutoff is, like, 31? 31 and you can't have conjugal visits? Like, yeah. it's still so, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Like, the more that I think about it, the more I'm just, like, first off, props to these women, because I'm sure these are not, obviously, easy relationships. Like, can you imagine telling mom you're dating somebody who's doing life something no and i i would i think it's because these people have probably had harder lives you know yeah maybe their parents are not necessarily like still around in their lives or like they don't confide in them you know with things like we do with our parents but yeah yeah even with friends like that would be so weird to be like Guys, I got a date with Ted Bundy. Like, what the hell? I met this really great guy. As long as he's behind bars, I will be fine. Like, that's terrifying. Weird. I should have done some more research into conjugal visits, but I was also slightly nervous that, like, I would be on an FBI list. Caleb would search your your history and be like, Are, do you have a pen pal in prison? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with conjugal visits all of a sudden? Yeah. And then I left with, well, I guess in the words of Rihanna, we found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll never be able to hear that song without thinking mm-hmm. of Ted Bundy. No. Richard freaking Ramirez. Yeah. Like, we all knew the state of Richard's teeth. Like, this lady had to tell her friends, like, okay, aside from the teeth, he's kind of funny and charming. Disgusting. Okay, but even, like, bad teeth are just so... There's no coming back from that. How do you want to kiss somebody with teeth that are that, like, that are, like, rotting in your head? You know? I'm not, I'm not saying, like, anything about, like, you know, bad teeth that are, like, misaligned or anything like that. That's completely different. But, like, if your teeth are absolutely rotting in your head because of cocaine and sugary foods, why would somebody want to make out with that? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just vile to me. It really is. Because, like the whole muddy book and tricks, red flags are super attractive. In real life, if a guy has a good smile, that's like the first thing a lot of people notice. Yeah. And I shouldn't say guy. If a person has a good smile. Yeah. That's what a lot of people notice. I guess on the flip side, if, if your teeth are rotting out of your, your mouth, that also might be the first thing that somebody notices. <laughs> 
I don't know how we've had two episodes now where we've gone off on a tooth tangent, but... I think we just need to, like, somehow incorporate dental diversions into <laughs> every episode. I will say, when I told Mom about this, she was like, I'm shocked that she was, like, so into it. Not, yeah, or, like, and not, not like a... Oh my god, I was like fully expecting that kind of a reaction from her. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, that's so interesting. It also was like, weird to me to like hear about all of these people that are so infamous and like yeah. so many documentaries about these people and like you can't go anywhere without hearing about these people and to think like mom and dad were not necessarily in the same area, but, but alive. alive when this was happening. Like, Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. was in and around Chicago, Ohio area. Like, Wild Dad was right in his age range. Like, it is crazy to think about, like, our parents being alive at the same time that all of this was happening. Yeah, like... Me looking back on living through 9-11 in real time or, like, the pandemic in real time, just, like, thinking about when I'm older, this, that phenomenon of, like, God, I lived through that when it was actually happening. I can't imagine mom and dad, like, yeah. living in a time when it was, like, we don't know who this guy is with this gold VW bug, but yeah, don't go near somebody asking for help. Yeah. Ugh. They, I mean, it's not been <clears throat> determined, but there's speculation on the internet that there's a serial killer in Chicago. I've heard that. Some guy on TikTok, some of his videos, I I want to say we're taken down. He was he was a little bit of a hoax from okay. what I've heard because I think he I I definitely think he was stopped by somebody asking if he needed a ride, but his initial video went so viral that I think he kind of ran with it and then later on he was like inserting um things about an app that he was working on just like kind of like weird things like that where you know the police are saying like you don't know what you're talking about like stop posting about this and he's like they're silencing me like all of these things yeah um no so what is happening young men in like the river north area are that's like i would say like just north of where um you know, most people think of Chicago, like downtown, Magnificent Mile. It's like the neighborhood north of that. A lot of young men are being found. They're going missing and being found in the river and in the lake. And there's also a lot of reports of people being asked if they need a ride. They're being stopped as they're like walking by themselves and they're being asked if they need a ride, which I think men are not used to having their guard up like that like women yeah. are where like anybody approaches you as a woman you're like absolutely fucking not like i'll pepper spray yeah. you i will do everything in my power i think you know if they're a little bit drunk and they're a little bit far from home or maybe like they think it's their uber one thing could lead to yeah. another but i i think about this a lot too though with like you know, female serial killers. If there was a woman that came up to me and was asking for help, my gut would say, trust her, go help her. Yeah. But it just is like, you honestly, you never know with people that you don't know. And I think that's what's so scary is like, you want to trust that people are good and kind and like are, yeah. you know, out to do like take care of you like you would take care of other people and unfortunately it's just not fucking like that and yeah yeah there have been a lot of a lot of young men that have been going missing and ending up in the river and in the lake oh that's terrifying yeah 
Well, and like you were saying, I feel like I don't remember mom having this conversation with us, but just like a similar thought process of like, if we're at the grocery store or if we're at the mall and we get separated, go find a woman. Find a woman. Ask for help. Um, we're now, I'm, I'm trying not to... Like a weird line to walk as a parent where you're like, I want my kids to be prepared, but I also don't want to like tarnish the innocent world that they're living in. So I have tried to tell Genevieve McGriffin, like, if you get separated from me, I want you to find a mommy with kids. Mm-hmm. Because I would hope in a situation like that, it would be a legit mom with her kids at like the store or the mall but it really is that like conversation where you're like is that even a good idea yeah to be saying you know if you're separated from me go find a mom with her kids yeah i know it's it's scary um (laughs) i did see a video on tiktok though this girl i think i told you about this when i was home the other day and this little girl came up to her in like the grocery store, like, I don't know, like a Walmart or Target. And she goes, excuse me, are you a goth? And she's like, now normally, she's like, normally I look a lot more like gothic than I was that day. Um, and, you know, she's like, yeah, honey, like, what can I do for you? And she goes, I lost my mommy. And my mommy told me if I ever lose her, find a goth. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, though, like, yeah, yes, they look, you know, I think a lot of kids and growing up, I feel like mom was kind of the same way of like, oh, my God, you look alternative, ah, scary, like, yeah, yeah, um, I don't know, I just think it's so funny to be like, find the person that looks the scariest and deep down, they're probably the nicest, like, yeah, <laughs> I saw this other TikTok video, um, like a woman was stranded on the, not stranded, I think she was in like a domestic violence type situation, um, and these two guys were on bikes, and one of them had like the GoPro camera on his helmet, um, but people in the comments were like, if I ever needed anything, I would 100% go and find a biker, and I don't know much about like the biker community, but I do know a group of them will rally at courthouses for kids that are I think testifying against like their abuser I forget what it's called pause are you thinking when you say bikes motorcyclists yes okay (laughs) because I'm thinking (laughs) bicycles but but you were saying this You were saying this, and I was like, yes, I think, like, fucking Brock Turner, when he was assaulting that girl, raping her behind the dumpster in Stanford, it was two bicyclists that came up and saved the day, like, ripped him off of her, and made sure that she was okay, and, like, came to her rescue, so you're saying all of this, and I'm like, yes, bicyclists, (laughs) but I I think, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't remember, they have, like, a name, I don't remember what the group of bikers is called, but basically, I think the moral of the story is find anybody on two wheels, they can help, Mm -hmm. whether it's a motorcycle or a self-propelled bike. It honestly, it's wild to see how many people in Chicago, and just, you know, everywhere, that will just be riding in, like baggy gym shorts and like flip-flops on their motorcycle no helmet and I'm like you are asking to get in an accident and sandpaper all of your skin and muscles off of your body bare minimum rip all 10 nails off of those piggies oh that's gonna look terrible oh I think it's the price that I call them piggies. 
nailless toes is even more unsettling than regular toes. <laughs> you want to take toes to a whole new level of discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs>